Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living with me, your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, Kara Long. Well, there's a lot to talk about here today. She says that she was named after a very famous Viking warrior, and perhaps there's a little bit of that spirit within her, and I think so. She's a person that's had to survive a great deal, and I was first drawn to her through an article that she wrote about domestic abuse, surviving the shame of domestic abuse. And we're going to be talking about that today, but more we're going to be celebrating where she is today and what she's doing with her life. Because, yes, folks, we can be victimized, and victimization will always stay with you, but you don't have to stay in the victim uh, mentality of it, or the shame of it, why the shame there in the first place, I don't know, Um, but we can learn to thrive because of it, and find strength and courage uh, within ourselves that we never knew that we had. So we will be touching on the domestic abuse, but we will be celebrating her journey today. And she is a single mom of two beautiful daughters who are growing up very quickly. She is a creative director of her own business, a Q Creative Consulting, an online digital communications agency, and the executive director of the founder of the social movement. And you'll notice that the uh, title of the show is actually called The Social Movement and the Power of Peace. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, how can you find the power of peace after domestic violence? You can, you will, this is just your journey, and it's a place you need to get through, not stay in. So let's see how this all influenced her, her journey, and where it's led her today, and that beautiful um, power of peace that we all seek. So, Kara, come on to the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So, my little Viking warrior. Um, Hello, good morning. <laughs> yes, it's a good morning. <laughs> so, in a, in, a, in a way, actually, kind of, we all need a little bit of that warrior inside of us to get through life, don't we? We do, we do. In fact, I've called upon it many times. Um, I think something you said about living the peace, you know, having to go through these things to actually get to the peace, it's all about a journey. And I think when calling that warrior sense in, it's, it's the part that won't give up. It's the tenacity, it's the stubbornness, it's all those things that culture tends to also kind of um, criticize us for, especially as women. But it's those qualities that when you bring up a warrior quality, it's the one that just won't get stuck in the victim land, as you also mentioned, because once everybody will experience being a victim at one point in their life, but it's what you do with that, how you react to it and how you get through it. That's the important part. And for me, that, <laughs> that warrior image just stuck with me. And I, and I had Thankfully, my parents gave me this wonderful name that I've had to live up to, and it, and it actually is a man's name in Norway, which is the irony of that. It's uh, it's a Viking warrior, Kora, and my mom just loved the way it was spelled, so she gave it to me and kind of gave it a little more of a Japanese sound, so it sounds like Kare, but I kind of attached myself onto that, that, that really deep, rich history of the Viking warriors and a knowing that a lot of women were warriors in the Viking culture. And that that symbolism for me really did help me through a lot of the times when I felt I was just nothing. I was so small and so tiny and so insignificant. And those moments when you want to give up, those moments when I wanted to just give it all up and forget it, I can't do this. And I would just call on that that inner strength and just call on those that lineage behind me. And while I made it here, so obviously the struggles we've been through in life, 
people have gotten through them. So if they can get through them, I can get through them. And the, you yeah, know, the, it's been the, a wonderful. Those struggles are there to teach us, you know, our own tenacity, our own strength, uh, you know, our own ability to, um, mm-hmm. you know, overcome. And we are in- incredible creatures, really, when we look at it and uh, of what we're actually capable of doing. Um, and there isn't anybody you know, that it has reached a monochrome of success or is enjoying their life today that hasn't somewhere along the line, you know, journeyed down that kind of dark path at some time in some way. Yeah, in fact, I believe that truly <coughs> success, absolute success comes from failure. In fact, there, you cannot have success without failure. I agree. It's the whole yin-yang principle at play again, so brilliantly. But in order to get to success, uh, one has to walk through those dangerous corridors of failure and test themselves. You know, there's reasons cultures have rituals coming into rights, you know, yes. coming into adulthood and having to push yourself to that limit. And it's not so much being the victim in those moments, it's the pride that comes from after those moments. It's that self-celebration that brings you into that world of success. And without having the trial, you'll never appreciate it. It just doesn't have that weight to it. So I, I also took that to heart when, you know, I thought because of my failures, I was just an absolute failure. And then I realized that by turning that around, and celebrating myself because I had failed so much. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I must really be rocking this life thing. It, it turned just that simple shift in perspective, turned it all around for me because now if I come across a failure, the immediate response for me is shame. I, I think that's programmed into us very early, mm-hmm. uh, which is why a lot of uh, domestic abuse does happen, why a lot of really smart, intelligent women and men get into those situations. <clears throat> We're just not programmed initially to feel that confidence there's a shame that comes immediately and I still feel that but yet now I can talk myself through it and go okay well you failed (laughs) that used to be a terrible thing to admit but just in admitting it now I realize that takes me to the next step which is I now say to myself well congratulations (laughs) you took enough risk to get out there and fail and now because you failed you can learn from it and you're going to be that much stronger that much better that much wiser that much everything and that simple shift for perspective to me has made all the difference in the world for me incredible difference and you know the thing is is you know this word failure you know really it is is a lesson learned you know um did einstein fail a thousand times before the light bulb Mm -hmm. worked you know he tried it a thousand different ways before he found a way that worked so why do we have to put this stigma of failure against it or shame you know i'm going to read it just a little something that you wrote here the shame mm-hmm. of domestic violence and abusive relationships follows us around long after the bruises have healed and you have emerged uh, managed to get rid of out of the relationship the shame of denial the shame of surrender the shame of not protecting my children like i should have is why have we got the word fail and shame you know, this is, I think, society's dictation that they put on this. It's that you went into something in trust and it mm-hmm. betrayed you. And, you know, your reaction to that betrayal is your ownership. But their betrayal is their ownership. Why is it mm-hmm. suddenly a woman's shame? Yes, exactly. It's like carrying the entire burden for yeah. what didn't work and what did even with, but the thing is we will not focus on what did work either. That was one thing I noticed as well that I would only focus on the things that didn't work and I would take the responsibility for it. And even in more self-exploration I realized as a woman and this is not uncommon. I, I'm sure you can probably attest to this too. A lot of women 
we'll take on the responsibility, uh, the burden of everyone else's issues. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're, we're naturally, we're naturally, I think we're programmed, uh, even just genetically, the way we're programmed is we're, we're problem solvers. We're meant to communicate, connect, solve problems. You know, we're the, the heart of communities. And I think the way culture is just developed and where we are now, we lack a lot of spirituality. So we tend to focus our attention on what's out there, which is media and all those images of perfection and how perfection is the way to be. And it's just the, the very top surface. It's, it's so shallow. It doesn't mean anything, but it seems to be all we ever see. And underneath the surface is, is all those failures, all those things that we, we, we are ashamed to admit because they don't, they don't appear out in the day-to-day life. We don't see them. Our, you know, what was that quote somebody said? You compare your real life reel to everybody else's, you know, promo reel. <laughs> it's <Yes>. like <laughs> we compare ourselves to what we see out there. And, and social media tends to be an issue with that one as well. We think people are living lives that are so much perfect than their own, when in reality they aren't. It's, it's everybody's in the same boat. And there's just come some kind of weird sense with us all where we have to take on the burdens of any failure and those around us. And especially if you've entered into an abusive relationship, uh, that becomes the dynamic. Everything that happens in that relationship becomes your fault, my fault, rather than the other person in that relationship. And that just spirals down and it becomes um, a burden so heavy. It's, that's where the, the tenacity that we were talking about and that energy to see through that failure really comes into play. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we don't go into a relationship and say, you know, I'm going to go into this relationship, you know, uh, to be abused, to be shamed, to fail. You know, Mm -hmm. we always go into it optimistically. We're always drawn to something. But, you know, but the Mm -hmm. bottom line is, is that um, it doesn't matter what we do, whether it be a career, whether it be a relationship and, you know, relationship with a partner or relationship with your children, your friends, your family. It all starts with us. We are the vehicle that we drive in. Um, so it's up to us to make sure that, you know, we're running at, uh, you know, full velocity and if, you know, we've got our brakes, we, we've got our gears, um, we're, you know, well oiled um, and we're finely tuned. And, you know, if we actually paid as much attention to ourselves and what our whole, you know, uh, soul, heart, spirit and mind needs, um, just like we would our car, maybe we wouldn't be running so on empty and needing mm-hmm. to be filled with the wrong things. Exactly. And there's a common, I mean, what, what happens a lot to us, too, is that we feel that self-care is selfish, and it's so far yeah. from the truth. It's, 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 it's another miscommunication that's happening there. Self-care is selfish, and it's so far from the truth. And even though I say it, I mean, many times I hear myself saying things. I, I, I preach out simply because I do care. And the reason I care is because I've been through it. And to me, it's like, oh, I've got to communicate this to other women, other people out there who may be feeling this, that they're not alone. But yet, even though I do do that, I still find myself doing a lot of these things because they're patterned, they're, they're habitual, they're things were brought up through childhood, you know, through school, through the system that self-care is selfish. And as you said, when our tanks are full, things like boundaries become clear. Yes. You know, where we allow people to enter into our sphere and what they, we allow to take from us and you know, the, the codependency, all those issues that happen in relationships, when you are full up, that tank is full up, there's a sense of self, there's a sense of, of, of where you start and the other person begins. And I don't think very many people actually do run on a full tank. I think it's something that I've, you know, decided that I'm going to spend the rest of my life learning how to do. But the fact that we are born and, and into that, knowing how to do that immediately. I mean, babies, what do they do? They just cry. Me, 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 me. It's yeah. all about me. That's all we know. 
And as we grow up and we get assimilated into society, society becomes the opposite. It becomes, you know, you're, you're selfish. Do not take care of yourself. And, and gradually that tank lowers and lowers and lowers and we become more and more desperate. And you can't help anybody why. else if you're depleted. That's right. Never. You, know, you know, that car ain't going anywhere if the tank is empty. Um, okay. And, you know, we've really got, to, you know, we talk, I've talked a lot um, in past shows and with people about permission. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, especially my generation, because I'm in the 60s, um, you mm-hmm. know, it is that permission not to martyr ourselves. You can be sacrificial. You can be mm-hmm. of service to society without becoming a, you know, servitude, which is more servant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this martyrism and sacrifice, my kids are constantly pulling me on, on, on that. And it's just because they seem <laughs> yes. to, they bring that out of me for some reason. I don't know why. You know? <laughs> I'm the warrior yeah. here and I go to the kids and I suddenly become something else. And, um, yeah. and it's, um, it's weird how we are around our families. But, you know, that um, permission to be the warrior woman, to be that full vehicle, uh, to be abundant. Because if we actually look at us being the full tank as we're taking the metaphor of the vehicle and the, and in prime optimum we're going to be able to do more mileage which means we're going to be able to reach more people we're going to be able to care for more people we're going to be able to share with more people and we have to look at making ourselves abundance because that's the only way that we can actually really be of service to society absolutely and might I add here too because it's another one of those pendulum swings and, and the, the having to fail and the yin and the yang and this is how I came in my life to that realization that you just spoke of. I had to go from one extreme to the next. Mm-hmm. I had to go from being a very narcissistic, diva-ish, young 20-year-old, which most 20-year-olds do experience as kind of a part of growing up. But I was really, you know, I was not a very nice person. And it wasn't until later in life I was able to look back on that and see the arc. And then what happened is I swung to the opposite spectrum, where I became so people-pleasing, so, uh, you know, genuflexing, just what can I do, what can I do, what can I do, everything's my fault, how can I fix it, how can I fix it? So in spinning that pendulum from one side to the next, I was able to see the full scope of, you know, how my dynamics and how I interacted with people, what power I had on either end of that spectrum, and how best was met right in the middle. But I had to fail. I had to fail both sides before I was able to see that full picture. And again, it speaks to that, the, the power of learning and again something that I just always keep pounding out there for myself and everyone else is it doesn't matter how much you screw up in fact it's good as long as every time you screw up you're aware of it and you mark it down and go okay yeah I see that yeah that's interesting <laughs> it's more of that observance the witness way of bringing things into you know being present in life being in the moment but also having that witness available so that when you do fail when things go wrong it's not a matter of diving headfirst into the gloom and doom uh, it's a matter of observing and saying, well, what the heck am I learning here? Where is this different from before? And how can I shift this? And how do people respond to that? And again, it's all about <laughs> failing. In fact, everything I've done has been one failure to the next, but it's brought that understanding, that balance. You know, we don't criticize a baby when they fall down several times no. while they're learning to walk, uh, while they're learning to put things in their mouth and go, oh, that tastes yucky. <laughs> you, know, um, yeah. you know, those first words. I mean, we, we, we celebrate it. We, you know, we find it endearing. We, mm-hmm. You know, we, we learn from our children with the things that they're doing. And it's, you know, at <clears throat> what point does it suddenly become this cynicistic criticism towards human beings um, where it's failure and where it's wrong when you're learning. You yeah, know? I was just going to say that. At what point did it stop? You know, yeah. how come it was endearing up until what point? What age does that, you know, barrier go down? Okay, no longer funny. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're still human beings. I mean, what, what's any different? I'm still going to be learning. I mean, we're learning until we die. That's kind of the process. So how does this barrier all of a sudden disappear at some age in life where no longer is that learning cute and wonderful and endearing and loving? And it's now a problem. It's now something that you shouldn't be doing. And it's, and that's, I think that's again where the root of shame comes from. Yes. And guilt and all those emotions that don't go anywhere. The and martyrdom, think, every generation. This- you know, I think there's, you know, as people think that when you have a baby, there's a manual and you're downloading everything and you're meant to know everything about parenting. And I think it's the same thing as that when you suddenly, oh, well, you're an adult now. And what, yeah. what does that mean? I know everything. I'm never going to make yeah. a mistake. I've got all the buttons here in my little app in my head and I just press this and the, you know, all the information downloads. As you said, mm-hmm. we're going to learn right to the day we die and beyond. And the mm-hmm. whole point of that learning is because that is what um, encourages us. That's what gives us courage. That what that's what makes us continue to get up every single day and do what we do. Because if we're not learning from it, then why are we doing it? Yeah. In fact, a common thing I say to myself <laughs> is, if you're not learning, you're not living. Exactly. I mean, how can I go through my life at the moments, the times in my life when I was the most depressed, the most uh, just gone. I just, I had no connection to life. I, I was diagnosed with clinical depression, depression, bipolar, all the things that people struggle with. And they're very real. And the reason they're real is because they are happening. And what happened to me is that I just drowned so much in that depression. And I wasn't living. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel alive. And that's why, because I just couldn't bring myself to accept the fact that I was learning. All I realized is that I had failed and that's all I focused on. And of course, that's all and, anybody else focuses on too. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Everybody around you, because you feel a failure, they're going to pick up on that and go, "Yeah, yeah, you're a failure." And, you know, happily oh, yeah, the pointed energy out. You put out. Yeah. Yeah. The energy you put out. Everything yeah. about you radiates failure. I, it just body language. I mean, body language is amazing. I've I've been focusing on it lately a lot, and just how people they emanate. It's more than just your inner world, mm. and that's another misconception is that especially introverts, we think, you know, well, it's my inner world, nobody will know. <laughs> yeah. In reality, you may not be telling people, but what energy you put off, um, your body language, everything about you will be communicating everything that's going on in your inner world. And again, another reason to have that tank full, and that's not selfish. It's, it's, it's the world of communication. Everything we do is about communication. And unless we have that inner communication, authentic and clean and clear, the outside world is going to mirror back exactly what we're feeling inside, whether we're talking about it or not. And that was the other thing that I came to realization with me is that I can hide from this as much as I want to, <laughs> but it's really not going to change until I get to that point of accepting, yes, learning is living. Okay, I'm there. And then I have to start talking because the minute I start talking, then it just releases it out into the world. I get feedback and then I move, I start to move and it starts to change and it starts to change and then the world starts to reflect back to me that change and it is that process again. It's owning it. But it's, it's owning it, owning yeah. it, being it, the, the, the acceptance of failure, the acceptance of the shame too because we talk about there shouldn't be shame but then again, <laughs> yeah. I can't really say that either. I'm just, I'm just filling the loop again. It's like, there's, it's, it is what it is. It always is what it is but just acceptance of it, oh yeah, crap I felt shame that really doesn't feel good no it doesn't feel good at all but okay whatever let's just push that aside and let's just keep going anyway and what helps me is then when I talk about it so if I'm openly admitting I I feel shame or openly uh, expressing I failed or openly expressing anything that doesn't paint the perfect picture I feel I need to put out to the world 
suddenly something changes that I could never have anticipated. Suddenly I get closer to people. Suddenly people trust me more. <laughs> suddenly my relationships are more intimate. Suddenly I have better communication. And it still to this day confuses the heck out of me. It's like, I thought it was the other way around. I thought I had to be perfect. Then people would like me. But yes. the more I'm, I'm less perfect and more human and expressing these things, the more connections, real connections I seem to be getting. Huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's still, I'm still learning this one. It's like, wow, that's cool. Well, I want to hit on your body language because this is something that yeah. um, I teach in my workshops. And this is, you know, mm -hmm. really when people have that first impression of you, you're going for a job, you're meeting somebody for the first time or just even the way that you carry yourself every day. Fifty five percent of your actual body action is how you hold yourself, your confidence mm -hmm. in yourself, how you represent that confidence. It isn't the Armani suit or the fancy clothes. It's that, you know, how much do you honor who you are? Because that's setting the precedence of how other people are going to honor you. 37% yeah. is actually your tone of voice. How inviting are you? Are you setting a tone which is receptive, interactive? Mm -hmm. You know, something where people feel they really want to hear you and that you're invitational. Really, only 7% is your content. And nobody, you know, no, people walk around... They don't walk around with their 24 diplomas, degrees, and blah, 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 in front of them. You know, that, that just shows that you're, you're a knowledge junkie. Um, but yeah. when it comes down to it, it is your persona. If you are enjoying life, if you are honoring who you are, if you're embracing who you are and all your beautiful imperfections, and your tone is inviting, get to know me and all my quirks and everything I am, it becomes that invitation for other people at the same time. You're giving them permission to be mm -hmm. their wonderful, imperfect, imperfect selves. Because yes. this idea of perfection really has come so much more from the social media and, and the illusion of theater and movies and TV, hasn't it? Yes. And what's interesting is all of my life, I, I, I started out life in drama. My father was a, a teacher and he taught drama and I was in theater and, and I was a performer. I was a musician uh, I'm a vocalist. <laughs> Performance is my world, which, you know, that's where I learned the most about the technicalities, like all the percentages you were mm -hmm. using about body language. Yeah. I actually, it was a knowledge junkie thing at the time. This is, oh, this is interesting, body language, and how you get up on stage and, and create a character and how you shift certain yeah. body movements and become someone else. Wow, that's fascinating. But I didn't quite really, truly click in on what that meant about me until later in life because there was still that barrier around, well, you know, if I present myself as perfect, everybody else will see that. I'm projecting, I'm projecting, I'm projecting, I'm projecting. And when you spoke about giving others permission, I mean, it almost brought a tear to my eye because it's so true. It's, it's those people who I met in my life that finally gave me permission. Mm -hmm. It just, it crumbled me. It just crumbled the walls instantly. And at first when it happened to me, I didn't trust it because it was so real, uh, so genuine. No, no, <laughs> no, you don't know. You don't really know. I swung away and, and, and be bothered by it being, wow, that was weird. I feel really warm but at the same time. I'm kind of scared. Is that me? Is that what? And I started to realize that these people were real. And what was real about them is they were totally okay in everything they did. And I immediately felt that energy wash over me. And I was like taking a nice warm shower, you know, when you've been cold and shivering, you come home, it's raining. And you get in that shower and it's that feeling of, <laughs> yes. Oh, that feels so good. You know, when you get in your cozy clothes and pajamas and you get, that was a feeling I encountered just from people being themselves. And they didn't come up to me trying to fix me either. They didn't, yes. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. I'm here. Cause that stuff just ticked me off and it still does. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> 
I don't want your help. I just want your humanness. I want you. Celebrate me. Don't support me. Celebrate me. Support me by celebrating me. me. Yeah, yeah. Celebrate me by celebrating you, really. Because the the, the cleaner and and more uh, authentic you are, it gives me that permission and and that word permission. Yes. Again, once you brought it out, I had it ringing in my head, too. It's just something about that communication between individuals when it's true and authentic. And I've always been able to tell. Some people can tell more than others when somebody's lying, when what they're saying is not quite reflecting in their body language. Yes. <laughs> when something's off, and they may not even know what's off either. They may be spending their entire life with those defenses and those walls just trying to be perfect. And yet the reality is if they let it crumble in front of them, I'd be so much more interested. I'd be so much more connected. And so, I, again, I took both sides of the, the picture. I thought, what is it like when I feel somebody being authentic with me? And what is it like when I watch somebody being inauthentic and it painted this picture of, again, I'm just amazed. There is this little meme going through Facebook and I have to say it because I, I think I must have watched it 5,000 times and every time I watched it, I laughed my head. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. This little taco, okay? And it's running down the street and it's full of all its taco things and it's just, yeah! You know, this is life. And it falls flat. And all of the contents in this taco go streaming out everywhere and it's just the moment of, oh, <laughs> Oh, and then it gathers up all its little stuffings and puts it back in, gets up and smiles again, and it goes, yay! <laughs> but, and it just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. And I just looked at that and I'm like, you know what? I just want to make that my new bio. <laughs> this, this is so perfect. You know, this is exactly how I feel and this is exactly how I want to start being now. It's like I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be my myself, which is big at times, not big at other times, but just whatever I am. And I'm going to fall flat in my face, and I'm going to keep doing that. But, oh, well, just gather back up again, get up, and ah, do it again. <laughs> you know, there's just there was a sense of freedom just in that watching that little meme. And, you know, there's always a little something out there, isn't there, that, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I was, you know, brought up, you know, the 70s was my era. And, um, you know, we had a different idea of perfection at that time. And, of course, we didn't have the social media. Um, mm-hmm. But still, I was kind of brought up always to believe I was less. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't educated because I'd been very sickly as a child, so I didn't finish school. Um, I didn't have these big academics or pieces of paper behind me. I mean, really, I was just Sarah. And Sarah managed to open up a great deal of many doors because I was just being that, you know, that 55% of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, But it was still, I was always, I always felt guilty. Uh, because I wa- I never felt enough. I never see. I was a per- people pleaser all the time, and it was always mm-hmm. about well, I'm trying to be what you want me to be, and I mm-hmm. kind of went through my life being that. And then occasionally I'd be celebrated for being who I was because I was always that spiritual counselor, and that's what people asked from me. Um, yeah. But it was still, you know, from the family and from other people around me, people would fall in love with me for who I was, and then it would be, but you're not enough. And I think that's mm. where we're at now in society is I'm enough for me. And you mm-hmm. can accept that and celebrate that. If I'm not enough for you, ciao. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah, and that brings me back to the whole boundary thing too. Yeah. The word boundary is such a psychological term, but when I, again, re-envisioned that, it's, it's a boundary of, yeah, don't step over that line. You're, you're not here to tell me that I'm not good enough for you. That's just a reflection of you. But it took me so many years to get to that point. 
you know, as you as you described your arc and journey through that, I mean, I was, again, the same thing. I felt the same sense of not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Healed, healed. I can't yeah. do enough. And then I would do too much, so then I could even do less. And then <laughs> uh, the vicious cycle yes, would yes. continue. <laughs> and that, I think, the crux of, of coming to acceptance of my own um, history of domestic abuse and abusive relationship was that was... That was the, the cycle that happened is I put everything out, yeah. it didn't come back. I kept putting out, didn't come back. Yet I made it my problem, my responsibility. I'm not enough, I'm not enough. And of course it was echoed back to me. And it just kept on that cycle and it kept depleting, depleting, depleting to the point where I was barely existent. And I think that's the biggest the biggest moment of am I going to stay here? Am I going to get out? Am I going to realize who I am? And thankfully, for whatever reason, something in me just finally snapped. And then I found myself again. And that's where I started to build up those boundaries, but not walls. There's a big difference between walls and boundaries. And again, it's around definitions and words. But when I try to explain it to people, it's like walls to me are places that I have put up and I'm not even really aware of them. And they're just keeping people out. Boundaries to me are, this is respect. I like you, (laughs) but this is where I begin and you cannot come over here and slap me around. I will not accept it. Yes. You know, to you me, can it was come to my party hard. if you behave. If you start <laughs> being abusive, you're out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was amazing to me how hard that one simple thing was to do. Yes. And even now in trying on the, the flavor of being somebody responsible for my own happiness, somebody responsible for my own boundaries and what I will or will not allow into my life, I have to constantly keep reminding myself that it's my responsibility and then on top of that, the guilt we talked about. There's no yeah. guilt in that. In fact, it's the other way around. <laughs> yes. You're going to be more effectual. You're going to be more positive, more able to inspire others by taking that stand, by, by doing that for yourself. And it's still weird to me. It's still, uh, <laughs> it's still a little... Well, you know, that, you know I'm, I suffered from depression and anxiety as well. And, and it would mm-hmm. always be that if I'm not of service, I'm nothing. And, uh, and, you know, that's, you know, who I am. And I'm getting to such a depression feeling I didn't fit, you know, I'm not contributing. What do I stand for? And, and, um, you know, through this journey, and I'll have to, you know, admit that the radio station has definitely given me, um, you know, everything I need. You you can't do these many interviews with such wonderful people and their journeys and it not rub off. It's kind of my own yeah. my own private counseling <laughs> going on here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and getting therapy every time <laughs> <laughs> in the best way. And it's, uh, you know, you, you, those boundaries that you, you talk about, it's, it's vibrational vi- um, boundaries, is that you've raised mm-hmm. yourself up to such a positive vibration uh, where you are resonating such a good vibe, um, such a, you know, a, a self-respect, that honoring of yourself. And it's those sound waves that you're sending out there um, and those thorons and everything else that you're sending out there, that if people are out to just purely abuse people and bring them down, to make themselves feel better they can't reach you because they can't get beyond mm-hmm. that vibration and those those waves and when you live up here you become more invitational to those people that are actually in the same wavelength you know in the same yeah. vibration and you attract more of those people that journey going from you know i'm not worthy to i am content and happy and embraceive of who i am and i'm not perfect thank you you know it's it's a journey, but once you get there, you don't need to worry about boundaries. The, the yeah. beautiful aura and vibration around you is already set in for you, and the only people welcome in are those that honor it. 
Yeah, that is very true. And I and I used to hear that all the time, <laughs> but never believe it because I never experienced it. Oh, yeah, okay, sure, raise my vibration, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I just was so stuck in that old victim mode. Yes. Like, oh, God. And I think most of my life, too, I was around teachers, so a lot of the time I'd heard from parents and other words, but the actions never matched the words. Yes. So I think I also learned in time to just ignore what people said and focus more on their actions, which is actually a very good thing to do, but it confused me as a child that this doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, blah. And I started to hear this, raise your vibration, and no longer will you need to fight this. You no longer have to keep yeah. people out. You no longer attract it. It's yeah. no longer work. <laughs> yeah. But when, when it finally happened to me, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, now I'm going to sound like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so, oh, God, how am I going to get people to listen to me? Because, oh, I remember what it was like, you know, when you're working towards it and you're not quite there and hearing that. It's almost like the carrot, you know, and the stick, and it was frustrating to me, but I also knew it was something I wanted to attain. And again, it wasn't something, I think, again, it, that comes back to my, my, my way of doing things. I tend to want to push through. I want to be the best. I want to be a perfectionist. And the reality of it was that I didn't actually get to that higher vibration until I completely surrendered and failed, the worst I ever could have failed. Mm-hmm. And it was the opposite of what I thought it would be. <laughs> I kept thinking, I've got to do everything right. I've got all my lists here and I'm doing this right and I'm doing that so why aren't I like at this higher vibe what the heck what am I doing wrong <laughs> and that's the cycle I kept doing over and over and over again and it wasn't until I completely just put my hands up fell to the ground and went oh forget it <laughs> everything I thought existed does not exist I don't know what I'm doing I'm completely lost here and confused and uh, I'm a dork I don't know whatever when I gave it up is when things started to feed in it was like I opened the door finally well, that know, higher you, vibration you stopped thinking and planning yeah. and strategizing and you started feeling um i'm always yeah. saying get out of the head get out yeah. of the head let the soul come in that's your divine intellect it's around your belly let that knowledge come in and then you you know you just got that knowledge there it resonates with the heart and the heart gets excited about it it goes to the spirit where it starts um articulating it and getting into action and then that mind of yours when it's open and ready to receive will know what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it and in that sense of knowingness you don't need to verify you don't need to justify you don't need permission you are it just mm-hmm. is and when you're in that state of being you just don't need clarification you are the clarification yes precisely and I I, and I think this is something I see a lot in women in business uh, I feel this is what I believe that there is a paradigm shift in business right now uh, oh, things are shifting all over the world and one of the things I sense for quite some time and which is why I, I am so into my world of business and women in business is it's a whole new way of doing business and it's a, a way that's needed and people want it. And in that process, there's all of us who are kind of in that field and learning and failing as we go. And one of the biggest things I see again is that perfectionism, that, mm-hmm. that need to have all the lists, all everything perfect, make sure that nothing's missed and if it's missed, oh my God, and then I'm just gonna beat myself up about it. And it's a very, very common problem. <laughs> and I see it in everybody else. I see it reflected back to me. And it just it makes me realize again, okay, that's okay. That's okay. We're just we're just learning this this phase of what it's like to be a woman in business. Because I've only had this patriarchal example in my life. This this thing I've lived and grown up and this is completely different. This is a whole new world and yes. how can I possibly understand what it's going to feel like just like before until I get there. Yeah. So, so let's not get let my mind get the better of me here. Let's try and shut it off. I mean, it's still 
I mean, and we can say this, that we're blue in the face, but I know you and, and myself, probably everybody, we still have to work through that process. It's still always going to be uh, remembering in every know, moment it's, it's not to let it. It's being mindful, but not getting stuck in the mind. Yes. Right? You know, exactly. is, yep. that knowledge is there to kind of keep shifting you forward. But if you don't invite the soul, the heart, and spirit to the conversation, you're only getting part of the equation. Yeah. So yep, I want to hit on, on your business of social media now, but for many reasons. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, number one, let's hit it when it comes to the self-esteem. Um, social mm -hmm. media, um, when we talked about before about shaming and guilt, and when it, let's just go back there for a moment and hit it on that direction before we go into the business side of it, is um, judgment is mm -hmm. enormous through social media and you've got kids growing up today where people post things about them but you know the cyberbullying, which i've done yeah. numerous shows on um you know the moments that you talk about falling and making a mistake where most people don't see them or only a few people in our arena see them anybody that's mm -hmm. in the public eye it immediately becomes you know a million tweets um yeah. and uh, you know and people can't go through their process without you know judged and and failure and this and that mm -hmm. and it's just that person stumbled that person fell and now you've torn and courted them and it's how mm -hmm. much responsibility do we take as um the viewers of social media um and not become part of that hysteria yeah <laughs> you know social media is such a huge and i think that's probably why i got into it i, I used to be more arts administration and public relations and Social media is fairly new on the scene. Uh, I, I like to say at times it's like a toy. We're still a bunch of toddlers, you know, banging toys around and throwing things across the room. And it's brand new. It's a tool to us that we haven't quite even figured out the tool. We're just playing with it. It's something that's there. What do we do with it? How do we use this? And it's it's new. And it's now just starting to come into itself where we're, we have enough history to see how it causes problems, how it can hurt people, how it's a communication device. It's incredible how it reaches globally. All of the good, all the bad, all the scope of it, it's been around long enough to see that. So when I dive into social media, it's one of those things that to me seems like so much untapped potential yet. Mm -hmm. So much. I, I believe that social media is going to change this world completely. If it hasn't, it has already. Yes, I mean, it, it has it's, already. It's again, yeah, and, it's, and again, it's about that responsibility of where do you take the energy of it? Do you use it for good or do you use it for bad? And that's always a personal choice for every single person. Because it is simply a tool. That's all it is. It's just how you drive your car. If you're going to get in your, drive, your car and drive it responsibly, you'll never get into an accident, and it will be great. But sometimes there's other people on the road yes. <laughs> that, that don't drive that way. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> perhaps you have, hopefully not. But, you know, it's not always we live in a world with other people. So we're always going to be dealing, and that's where the boundary things come up again. But, again, it, social media, is, there's so much information coming at us every single day filtering through it, understanding what is important, what is not, uh, taking things personally. Like I am just amazed even in my day-to-day -day searches and watching social media and people interacting, how much they forget it is social. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's the behaviors that people put out on social media. Would you do that to somebody in person? Would you Would you talk to them like that? Would you behave yeah. that way? And that's where, again, I feel that the, the politics and the protocol in, in, in social media is still being written. And so to me, that became my, my values, my, my work in my business was to create that protocol, to be the, the, the voice out there that keeps repeating, this is a new tool and this is the way to use it so that it will empower, support, connect, communicate. 
I like all the, the C words. I tend to use them yes. a lot in social media. Yeah, absolutely. Create, creativity, yeah. communication, connection, all of those positive things. <coughs> this is how we use it. But in realizing that people still need to learn that, again, yeah. it's that whole thing. If we're not learning, we're not living. So forgiving those who are out there, ah, you know, airing their dirty laundry. And I have noticed that that has dropped off significantly in the last three years. You don't see it as much as we used to. Yeah. Like when Facebook first came out, holy smokes, you know. People will be breaking up with other people. Yeah, keep <laughs> well, your breaches on, ladies. <laughs> my goodness. Just the stuff we see. And, of course, as Facebook itself and Zuckerberg, as they evolve with the world using it, we evolve by learning through those failures and what didn't work. And it's one of those things that I know in my own world, this is what I aim for. Social media is one of those places where we can take all of the good and project it out, and it will go worldwide. And there's so much power in that. And to be responsible for that power so that every word I write in social media is why. And why you know, am I writing this? Yes, the ownership, the ownership completely. I mean, this station, yeah. you know, survives through social media. Uh, we are, mm -hmm. are literally around the world. We reach people all quarters. Um, you know, I get feedback from extraordinary places. And it's wonderful that it can do that. You know, we, until we had this medium, you know, we, we were... Um, email was, you know, a, a revolution, mm -hmm. but it used to be sma a, you know, snail mail, and you actually have to know the person to write to them. You know, we now <laughs> yeah. have become such a small global community where we can reach out to people. But as you said, there's a responsibility to do with that. Um, a decorum, mm -hmm. um, a sense of honor, a sense of uh, respect. And, you know, yeah, we used to see, you know, and we do still see it on the, the Insta you know, Instagrams and the Twitters, mm -hmm. you still see that because it's so instant. People knee-jerk and respond mm -hmm. to things. But I think with Facebook, because it's so easy to delete someone or if somebody says something nasty, people are going to jump on them. And the other thing, you know, I like about Facebook, uh, as opposed to all the other mediums, is that if you're willing to give it a little bit of time, you can actually build up a community on Facebook mm -hmm. of, of like-minded or like-sold or like-interested people and communicate, interactive, follow somebody, mm -hmm. have that dialogue. It has a beautiful tool where you can phone someone or video someone straight through Facebook. Um, it's become such a wonderful interactive platform where it's become incredibly supportive and celebratory of each other. And I don't see that in the other platforms so much. <clears throat> yeah, and because it's my business, I, 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 my job is to assess each platform and kind of take a look at what it's doing, what its goals are. And each platform has a different audience, and naturally yeah. you're going to gravitate <laughs> to the one that feels most comfortable. Obviously for you, that's Facebook, right? Yes. Facebook has also been around the longest. Facebook and Twitter were the first two big ones. And the interesting thing with Facebook and Twitter is they're so different. Yeah, yet they're doing the same thing. It's about the connection. Uh, Facebook, you can build your own community, but the thing with, with building your own community, and I say this first because I love the feeling of having all like minds together, is that then you're, you have that community, but then are you really being challenged still? Are you really seeing new perceptions, new beliefs, new understandings? And having the choice to say, yeah, no, I don't like that, or, oh, that's interesting, that's, that's different, that's new. And Facebook can be very inclusive, it can be, be very, like kind of living in your own little town, in a little European country you know that becomes your town and it becomes home and it's comfortable and I find Facebook is very good for that because it's very easy to create those committees where Twitter is different is that it's not it's global yeah. it's, it's like these little wires going everywhere and it can be absolutely overwhelming for a lot of people but the power that Twitter has is that it enables you to be on the same level as every other person out there 
So you, when you choose those 140 words properly, or 140 yes. characters, yeah, 140 <clears throat> words, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yes, it would be. When you choose, when you choose them carefully, and you, you know, you really become concise with your communication. There's nobody you cannot reach who's on Twitter. Who's not, you know, there's <laughs> very few people are not on Twitter these days, and if they are, they do do business differently, and you probably won't connect to them anyway. But especially through business and yeah. through the types of work we want to do, and you know, for instance, your radio and how it's reached globally and there are people out there who don't know about what you offer and who are maybe needing to get to that place and they can find it not by being in the community, but by hearing through somebody else or through somebody else. And, and the network is just astounding to me. I mean, sometimes I have trouble even describing it because it's so big. Well, you know, it's so I, big that it's, it's so intimate too. It's like yeah. right here in our living rooms. We don't have to go out anywhere or do anything. And yet we can connect globally. It's quite messing with the mind idea. If you really think yeah, about yeah. it, you know, the power it has. Well, you know, Twitter, I agree with you on that because, um, you know, I'll post shows over a certain interests, you know, like domestic abuse or when I put one on about on a vegan show. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, all these vegan people wanting to, you know, uh, friend yeah. me on Twitter. And it's I find that it kind of reaches your target audience more broadly because, of course, you're not yeah. friending so much. I do a lot of on Facebook public where I just put it yeah. out to the public and then it invites everybody in there. Um, um, but yes, I use Twitter as my kind of promotional platform uh, of the shows. Mm -hmm. I use uh, Facebook as my interactive. Uh, Google yeah. basically posting, I wish it was more interactive, but I don't yeah. find it that way. Um, I don't find it invitational. Uh, Pinterest is great for the visuals um, because mm -hmm. I've always got a picture to do with my posting. So it really invites those people in there. And um, <coughs> and LinkedIn, you know, which is if you are in a professional business, it's a good one to put in for that. So those are the mediums that I use. I, you know, I could go the Instagram, I could go up, but I think somewhere along the line in business, you have to target a few and do them well and don't do all yeah. of them because the, every five minutes, there's a new one coming up. <laughs> exactly. And I was, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, in fact, it really doesn't matter. There's so many platforms out there. I mean, I have to keep up because of what I do, and I get overwhelmed. It's like, what? Ah, yeah. New one, Periscope recently. Yes. Because it's happening, companies will keep coming up with new things, and we're going to have to keep filtering through them. Google Plus, for instance, is a prime example of a company that came out with something. They have a lot of power on the internet, but for some reason didn't translate into the social realm. Facebook still has dominance over that, and it's yeah. interesting how that happened. Google is what people call searching. I mean, that brand in itself. I mean, that's where you go to search information, Google. You don't yeah. have a browser anymore. If you recall when the Internet started, we had all sorts of different browsers. Now, the language has even shifted yes. to the brand being what it is we do. It's Google. We're Googling it. Yeah. <laughs> Yet they could not, their power did not reach into the social realm. It mm -hmm. was completely different. They couldn't grab it. They couldn't grasp it. Not very many people interact on Google+. Plus. You have it just to say you have it, but that's about it. And when social, social media platforms are kind of, it's a personal thing, and again, and you said it, pick two or three that you know you can spend some time on that you're familiar with that you feel comfortable in and focus on those and that's usually what I tell most of my clients in business anyway because there's so many out there it's like no 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 we're not going to do 20 of them because oh my god you can't do them right <laughs> you just cannot or else you'd be spending all your time doing it you know and I know that <clears throat> with Periscope you know um, I've watched a few of them personally I find them a bit irritating because people are so busy <laughs> saying hello to the people that are coming on is that they're not delivering <laughs> their message you know and, uh, yeah. you know, also it's that, I, you know, when you are specifically going to be doing a post, you know, like if you're making a YouTube to post, <coughs> excuse me, I've got this stupid cough still. 
um, um, you know, you're, you're going to be kind of mindful of what you're putting out there. And then you've got to upload mm-hmm. it or edit it or this or that. And there's a little thought behind it. When you're doing mm-hmm. these other things that are so instant, I find sometimes there isn't the thought behind it and it can kind of get a little gobbledygook. goop. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, I don't have an iPhone. Um, I don't actually want to do business on my phone. You know, I treat mm-hmm. my computer as my office. This is where I do my business. Five o'clock, I close it. That's it. I don't want my mm-hmm. phone to be my whole world because now I'm going to become a slave to that. And I yes. think somewhere along yeah. the line, you have to draw your line, don't you? Oh, yes. <clears throat> oh, yes. And I can attest to that simply because it is my world. I mean, not only, only am I working on my account, I work on clients' accounts. I, I, I love people. I love interaction, which is why I'm in this world. But I did... <laughs> the danger zone with me, which is uh, okay. <laughs> are we ever getting off? Are we? Are we? Are, mm-hmm. Am I in the real world right now? So I had to create again the word boundary, but I had to create boundaries for myself. Yes. You know, when do I spend time on it? When do I see it? When do I work on it? And when do I completely ignore it? And it's ridiculously hard, which means to me that it is an addictive process. Uh, and I think a lot of people can be addicted to social media easily. Yes. Because again, the amount of power that's putting your hands with a tool like these is more than most of us have ever had before. Like, for instance, Periscope, you're live. I mean, that's like being on live TV. The the power and the sense that comes from that is quite phenomenal. You know, I've been live on TV spots and radio spots before, and it is a a rush. There's nothing quite like it. Once you feel the confidence to do it and you get over the fear part, it's, wow, this is amazing. So Periscope becomes that. And again, like you said, I don't think people spend time in really thinking, okay, what is my why again? Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? Or am I just really enjoying the rush mm-hmm. out of being the diva in this moment or the, the focus of somebody in this moment? And in the Periscope things I've seen, that seems to be the problem. It's, it's more about look at me, look at me, look at me. Yes. <laughs> Yay, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm like, okay, that's great. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're stunning. But what, why? It's, it's, <laughs> why? It's, a, why? it's a new form of selfie, isn't it? It is, and it, that's, that's the, the constant problem with social media is bringing it back down again and remembering it's social. If you walk into a room and you're all about yourself and you're only talking about yourself and, you know, it's about you, you're not going to make very many genuine connections. And that's, I think that's also, again, the mis-thing mis, mis, mis I had as a younger kid. I thought going into a room and talking about myself was selfish because I saw people do it and they didn't make friends, and it's true. If you stay in your own world, you're not going to connect to other people. But there's a difference between being self-aware and selfish. Absolutely. And social media is the same thing. If you're out there talking about yourself and you're self-aware, you're still inviting conversation. You're still inviting people to participate, whether they agree or don't agree. But you're still inviting that conversation to happen. Big word, share. Yeah. Share your story, be invitational and wanting to hear somebody else's story. You know, um, yeah. one thing I see, of course, on the social media is, <clears throat> is the posting of uh, their business. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what they don't do is interact. Now, you know, Self-Discovery Radio has its own group. And in mm-hmm. there, it very in broad letters says, this is not an advertising platform. It's an invitational yes. platform yes. to let us know what you think of the shows. And this is where yes. the shows are posted. Anytime I can find somebody posting something like that, and I've even gone into their thing and left a message saying you will be deleted and they still come and do it that is such a lack of respect and that's such an overstep Mm -hmm. of a boundary Uh, and also nobody really is interested in what you've got unless you become interactive 
Why aren't yeah. you joining other people's conversations, going into other mm -hmm. groups, um, responding to someone, putting up a, an, a statement or something, inviting people to interact, and from mm -hmm. there, people then gain the interest in what you're doing. But this whole, yeah. it's like the old network with passing the cards. Hello, I'm such <laughs> and such. This is my card. What's your card? No, no, you're no good to me. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, broadcasting. Just, yeah. It's all my stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hear what you got to say. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. Yep. You're not going to make very many friends. No, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's that, that, I think it's that transition period from the old type of media, which was all broadcasting. You get a, yep. an advertisement in a paper. You get an advertisement on TV. You get an advertisement on radio. That was broadcasting in the traditional sense. And again, in using social media as this new tool, there's still those people who feel it's the same thing. It's not yep. the no. same thing. It's no. so far from that. And it's that learning curve again. And I, I mean, I spend a lot of my time teaching people on social media because it's frustrating to me. But at the same time, I realize there is going to be that place where people are just not going to get it. But in business, I don't think you really have the luxury of not learning it. You, at some yep. point, it has got to be learned. And this is why it's become a profession for me. You know, I, originally, everybody and their dog was a social media expert, right? Oh, yeah. I, I'm a social media expert because I go on social media and I can post posts. Like, well, what kind of a career is that? Yeah. And that was the way it was. But now, because of the subtleties, the nuance, the way to communicate, the yes. the protocol, the the level of understanding having around communication on social media, I mean, you're not not everybody is going to know that, which is why it's become a profession for me. It's like this is this is my job. This is what I do. You cannot. Think you know everything about social media because I've spent every waking hour working on it, and I'm still overwhelmed with all the capacity and the, the potential for it. And if, as a business, you go out there with still that 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 very infantile way of dealing with the, the platforms, it, you're it, people are going to start to notice that it's going to affect their businesses in a very negative way. Because if you're not on social media interacting in that positive way and that and that way that invites engagement and communication and that allows people to see you as a person and engage with you as a person it's your business will suffer so again it's almost like business and personal are, are, are coming closer and closer as well you are, yeah you are your business so basically yeah. what you're doing on social media is you're sharing your person and your yeah. person is is your business you know there isn't this yeah. separation of this is me after hours and this is my face for business your face yeah. and who you are are melding as one and people, if they don't buy you, as I say it with the shows, if I can't buy your why, why am I going to buy your product? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basic marketing. I mean, what yes. you said right there is, is what some people go five, ten years school to learn. The why. What is the why in your marketing? And yeah. even a simplest rule, keep it simple, stupid. You know, keep it simple. What is your why? And if I'm not buying that, I'm not going to buy anything to do with your business. And it's not any more complicated than that. And you know, but the other thing... Yep, go ahead. Go ahead. Asking that question, it's funny. I say it's simple, but... <laughs> it's huge. To be asked why, it's huge. It makes you have to sit back and think, oh, why am I doing this? And then all these other things come up to light, like, oh, dear, <laughs> what is my motivation for this? And it brings up a whole bunch of other stuff that a lot of people just don't want to look at. That's why I, I believe social media, when done properly, is, very, is a great tool for also that self-awareness, that self-understanding of mm -hmm. where you begin, where others start what your reality is, what you stand for, what you values, what your values are, because you have to become very clear. If you're not clear, people will not understand who you are. And you are your own brand, really, aren't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And then, you know, there's millions of other people, especially with, through social media, there's millions of other people doing what you're doing. But why should people come to you? And they're going to come to you because they connect to you. And the only way they're yeah. going to connect you, to you is by an invitation of interaction and by you yeah. standing tall in honor of yourself. And that's when they're going to come to you. It doesn't matter that your coaching company or this or that is, is big or this or that. <clears throat> if they can't connect with you, they'll go to someone else they can. Yeah, it's a byproduct, really. <clears throat> the, 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 your business getting, and this is a, a thing I often struggle with because people ask me, well, what's the ROI? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know as business you're going to want to know that, but the, biggest, the best way I could come up with it is the ROI in social media is not a direct line. The ROI in social media is this long, windy, Sunday drive. It's going to be going really slow and annoying everybody behind, but they will eventually get to the destination. And in the meantime, there's so much happening to see, to experience, to explore. Mm -hmm. That's what social media is. And that's the best analogy I could come up with because it's just not the typical thinking of business that people are used to. I mean, I want to take our connection, for example. I mean, I put something out there. It was a risk to me. It was like, oh, my God. But I put it out there. I put it out in the channels. I was connected to in groups and asked for feedback. And we connected to you seeing that, and then you connected yes. to me, and it became a connection. And then we, the dialogue continued, and then the communication continued. And that's the ultimate. And then, and then you see where's the collaboration? Media. You know, where's yes. the cohesiveness? <clears throat> you yep. know, how can you benefit one another? That's when that comes from. It's not like, how do you benefit me? Hello. You know, it's, yeah. it is, who are you? What's your story? And then from that, oh, I see a, a, a unison story here. Let's take it further. The, you know, the other thing I want to talk about is blog. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, people who go, oh, no, Facebook is my site. No, it should never be <laughs> so. You must always have your own site. That is your page. Yeah. That's your representation. Even if you're hiring someone to do it for you, I'm, so many times I look at people's site and then I talk to them and go, but that's not you. There isn't anything <laughs> on your site that's you. You know, somebody's yeah. done you a fancy site in their image, not in yours. Make sure it represents yeah. you. The other thing is blog, because I mm -hmm. found you through blogging a story. Even if you put a paragraph out every week, um, get in there and blog. I use WordPress. It's wonderful. Um, we've got 2,000 followers on here. I follow other people. That's how I found yeah. you, because of your story. Again, it's about that interaction. If you pay respect to somebody else's story, they're going to more likely want to turn around and want to know what's your story. Exactly. And for business, I mean, this we, we, as rounding up this discussion so beautifully, it's like this, it's bringing all of our experience as people. So we start at the beginning, we start in this, this childhood, we go through life, we experience failures, we experience things, all these terrible things that happen to us, but in turning them around and pulling them out to positive and then using this social media powerhouse as a platform and business, and how do we use it? well, we have to be real, we have to engage, we have to communicate, we have to connect to people. And the more people see who you are through the blogging, and I, I agree with you completely, I think this is a tip that anybody could take away with them, is that even if it's a paragraph blog, do it, get out there, be seen, be seen for all of your glory, which is all the good and the bad. Don't just be dictating your profession and what you think <coughs> people should do with it, because not everybody is a professional. They're not going to connect emotionally or intimately to your story if all you're talking about is the best way to market your business 101. Ugh. So much of that information out there. Yeah, but there and that is so passe. I and, mean, you know, that's another thing. I'm sorry, folks. You know, this is the times. Yeah. I don't care how old you are, <laughs> how young you are. You know, things are constantly evolving. Don't buy the latest fad, you know, uh, because it's fun. Uh, be mindful. Does it represent you? Can you use it in a way that will still honor your brand? 
and treat yourself as a brand. Uh, <coughs> you know, be choosy, be selective, but also you have going to have to put some time aside in your business, no matter who you are, to do the social media thing. Um, you know, the, we see this with authors today. Uh, if you're not playing the social media game, nobody's going to get to know where your book is or who you are mm -hmm. as an author. This is the way yeah. it is now. And I'm sorry, because for a lot of people yeah. like my brother, or, you know, he's 66 and, yes. and it's like, I don't want to do that. And I said, then no one is going to read yeah. your books. You know, we, yeah. we have to get with the times no matter our age and uh, choose a platform. I mean, I've interviewed so many people in, in their 60s that maybe just have a blog. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's fine. They've got a blog. They tell their story. Their story's caught my attention. And I've done a show on it because I celebrate the journey that they're taking. That's still mm -hmm. interaction. And it it's And really, really, sorry to interrupt you, but <coughs> I just want to bring a point to how that is actually true marketing right yes. there, too. Even the people who are attached to that word marketing and what it means for business. Yeah. This is the new way of marketing. We're connecting. We're communicating. And how many more people are going to hear this story? You hear about me and vice versa. In my networks are going to hear about you because we're, we're sharing yep. this collaboration that happened through us connecting on Facebook. And that's just one example, one instance. Both of us go off every day and meet other people. And that just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. That's powerful stuff. <laughs> it's a spider's web. It really is. I mean, I... Yep. Um, I <clears throat> interview a lot of people from Europe and from England. I have got such advocates over there that are constantly yeah. uh, sending me more people to interview. Um, through this <laughs> collaboration of people I've interviewed, I've now joined and, and collaborating with a magazine, online magazine, and that p particular person is joining us yeah. on the radio station. And that all came from a conversation. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going yeah. to go and target her. We, you know, we don't yeah. target people anymore. We actually send out... A, a very welcoming uh, doormat and say I'm here I'm open I'm willing to converse and to see where it goes I think this you know target 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 market yes. you know is, yes. is, is passe I interviewed yeah. somebody on the art of sales he's been that has been his business selling for the last yeah. 30 years and he said it's so radically changed now because if yeah. people aren't buying you they're not going to buy anything from you that's right. Yeah. And no longer is that going to be acceptable. You know, the used car salesman, the door-to-door yes. -door salesman. Exactly. I used to even sell back in door-to-door. -door. I remember doing that, that whole process of just, you know, throwing a bunch of information to people and, and you know, making it a spectacle. And, oh, my God, look at this. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And that's even, you know, I saw that going on at the P&E. And they don't really have that whole building anymore of people selling stuff all over the place. Or it's just not as prominent it's just not the way business is being done anymore that's that paradigm shift we're <clears> talking about it's just not we want now deeper interactions we want to yeah. do business with other people people want to know people and once we know those people oh what business are you <laughs> yeah. oh, why oh. should i buy the product why is this of interest to me why do i need it if you can't fulfill the why you ain't got a sale <laughs> Exactly. And if I don't need it, hey, I like you as a person, so I'm going to recommend you to my friend down the street. Absolutely. I know they need that particular product or service. And because I like you, I trust you. And I trust you, so I'm going to refer you to my friend. You know, that's that's the way of doing business as far as I'm concerned, and that's where social media will win every time. And, you know, if time. you think about it, that's how business used to be. You yeah. know, in yeah. your community, enough, it was yeah. referral, referral, referral. And now through yeah. social media, we've gone back to that referral. Yeah, the de-evolving, it's, it's like yeah. it, we've got new tools, but we've kind of de-evolved socially. It's, it's, a, it's a way of, of bringing more of that genuine interaction. You know, the gas station that used to have, remember this? 
10 yep. employees would run out and yep. one would do the windshield yep. and one would do the tires. Yep. Really? There was then fast food and McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's is suffering now. I mean, it's like you can see everywhere the whole fast, fast, fast. Nobody's interested. And I think that's where social media has actually made that change. Because but it's also, in our there's the other side of it where they say the attention span of the average person nowadays is seven seconds. You know, I take mm -hmm. seven seconds to say hello. Uh, yeah, you know, me too. And you know, the, uh, <clears throat> if we're going down that road, we're going to miss content all the time. And I think even the people that are in that road right now, which is generally your youth, instant gratification, even they get to a point and go, you know what? I'm not gratified. There must be something more. <laughs> and that more means mm -hmm. that you've got to do this thing that everybody has and everybody can lose is time. And if mm -hmm. you're not willing to invest some time into something or into someone or into yourself, you're never going to see the results you need. Yeah, absolutely. What you put into something is exactly what you'll get out of Absolutely. It. <laughs> now, I just want to hit a, another topic here um, on the, the social media. You've got people trying to sell you, uh, you know, I can give you a 5,000 tweets. I can get you so many followers. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm just saying don't buy, don't buy. Um, because yep. you don't know who they are or what the market is. And that's just, that's, you know, bombardment and people can delete you. The other thing is, and I did a show on this a couple of weeks ago, just myself on, on Sarah's View of Life, on be careful who you're friending on Facebook. And um, mm -hmm. don't just click for the sake of it. I go into the person's name. I look mm -hmm. at how new is their timeline. Do they have a site? Do they have any mm -hmm. other information on there? Um, because I am bombarded, and I hate to say this, by male pictures all the time. And mm -hmm. it's not even those people. It's identity theft. Uh, it's generally mm -hmm. somebody from Nigeria. They want to friend you. Uh, you could tell. I mean, somebody the other day came pop up on my message thing. And he's meant to be a British engineer out of England. And yet his English was terrible. And when I actually <laughs> commented on this, suddenly he he stopped following and mm -hmm. we've got to be mindful on who we follow, on who we friend. You get the same thing on Skype. Um, Twitter, I think, is a less less of it. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, don't just go, oh, it's another follower and, oh, I have 5,000 followers. That means bugger all. Rather have yeah. a 1,000 followers of people that you're intimate with as opposed to the numbers. It's not the numbers game anymore. It's not. It's not. And I've, I will actually choose not to work with potential clients if that's all they're focused on. If they come to me only wanting to increase likes rather than it being about creating a community and engagement. I, I say, I can't work with you. I just cannot work with you because it's not about that. Yeah. You can go buy all the likes you want, but what is that going to do for your business? People yeah. on social media who you want to be working with are going to know the difference. They're going to know if you have 8,000 likes on your Facebook and yet there's no engagement going on on that page. There's no communication, no real anything happening. They're going to figure it out. <laughs> it's well, not, you know, it's not the, rocket science. Is what I talked to you before about that algorithm. If you're just like, like, yeah. like, and you're not following anything, and you're not interacting, your your whole algorithm goes down to the bottom. If you're actually interacting with people and you're interacting with the same people all the time, it pushes you up to the top and being visible, right? That's right. And that's one of the, the things that Facebook has done that I'm thrilled about because yes. uh, I think they realized people were doing that. They were buying likes. They were... You know, and it, sure, it looks great, but it's again that's a surface stuff. You can yes. put on a wonderful outfit and put on all your makeup and your fake hair and your fake nails, but what's underneath that? And it no longer is attractive to potential business people who want to do business with you to just see that surface and not see what's going on underneath. In fact, it'll do detriment to your business. I mean, recently there was a Facebook hoax going around about um, something about Facebook privacy, and that happens yes. every once in a while. Yeah. 
And that I actually wrote a blog on that because it was amazing to me how many people just shared it without looking into it, without researching it. Mm-hmm. And it flooded the timeline. And I wrote a blog about saying how that was really extremely detrimental to any business to fall for that, to share it and act like it was this serious thing because it meant to me, number one, that you don't do your research. You cut corners. Yep. <laughs> you you don't you don't really want to spend the time. So to me, I'm not going to do business with somebody like that. Do I want to hire you to work for me if that's the kind of thing you do? And it sends out that subtle message. And I think now that's that whole buying likes thing. Facebook has really helped with that because they reduced algorithm views. Everything is just, no, no. It's got to have engagement. If it doesn't have engagement, it's not going to work. And we're going to make sure of that. So hopefully that will reduce that phenomenon of buying likes because it just, it doesn't, it reeks. It reeks of not truth and authenticity buying likes <laughs> yeah. I bought all my friends <laughs> well, you know, come and do business with me yeah, yeah okay. exactly I find Twitter like that I just originally read yeah. uh, 2,000 people I'm following but because I don't have enough people following me I can't follow anybody anymore yes yeah, right yeah. so you yeah. know I've got to do yeah. a little promotional thing there and come on people follow me um, or cut That's back on, on who I follow because uh, yeah. they want to see a balance there which you know again that is social responsibility and I've you know because yeah. of Twitter and Facebook have been around for so long they've seen the faux pas they've seen the way things have gone and they're trying to make it more interactive and more respectful which is good because that's the only way they're going to stand you know ahead of the game Um, Mm because you know as I said every week there's something new coming out and it doesn't mean that it's better just because you can get your face into something sometimes your face up there all the time in people's thing you know that selfie so to speak just really puts Mm -hmm. people off more, more than it does invite people so well, then back to the one question. I mean, the easiest way to do social media, if you're doing it for yourself and doing it for your business and you're not quite at that place, you can afford a professional to help you. The easiest way to do it professionally is to sit down and every time you put something up on Facebook, why? Every time you put yeah. something on Twitter, why? Why am I doing this? And if there is a reason, you say, well, I'm putting this up here because I'd like to promote this or I'd like to share this or I'd like to just engage on this particular topic or have an event. Like, there's all of these reasons. And then the rules of thirds, you know, always have that rule of thirds. The third is self-promotion, a third engagement, and a third sharing. So it's never one thing over-dominating the other. There's that constant balance in play. And that's, that's how you can start. If you start there with those simple rules and work at it and stay consistent, it will actually start to grow. And it's an organic thing. It happens slowly. That's another thing, patience. Patience in social media, your communities and your connections and business take time because anything in life that really has any takes time. any mm. yeah, yeah any any you know you really want to hold on to it it, it takes time to get it, it takes work <laughs> I want to <laughs> share it, um, <clears throat> I want to share a little story because it really touched me about you know Facebook is uh, in February of this uh, this year my mum was dying and she just couldn't let go like you know she wanted to cross over but she was scared she was in a lot of pain and I put out um, to Facebook just on the public of my page there my mum needs help um, can I have prayers for her, you know, mm-hmm. for the angels to come and help her cross over? I had over a hundred interactions, not likes, mm-hmm. people, I'm sending angels, I'm praying for her, mm-hmm. I'm this, I'm that. My mum was gone within 24 hours and it's the mm-hmm. way she went. It was a cloudy, rainy day and my sister said that suddenly the sun just came right in, shone on her, reflected back up into the ceiling. My mum opened her eyes and opened her arms and that was it. She was gone. And I know mm-hmm. it was that beautiful, divine, loving energy from people that helped shift that vibration for the angels to break through. And it was so touching to me and so empowering to me 
that people must not ever underestimate that power of social media and those vibrations that it brings together mm -hmm. when it's bringing things together for a, a mutual cause. A lot of respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more you put out that vulnerability as well, I mean, it took you, it took courage to put that out there and to share it and to ask for that help. But what came back, it's yeah. just, <laughs> yeah, I haven't even, I've just started to really get myself really dive into the power of the community that you can create in Facebook, especially Facebook. Twitter, it's a little less, it's, it's more kind of in the moment, quick, 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 fast thoughts. Facebook, you have a place where you can develop these stories, develop these situations, these experiences. And, you know, I have the same story when my father passed away. The, the response was so overwhelming. It just, it, and I affected people because I was sharing some truth about how he mm -hmm. passed away. And again, that, that collaborative back and forth. And that's what has me so fascinated with this medium. Uh, I, I have to add quickly before we finish up, um, say hi to a stranger project. You mentioned my social movement. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Bring, we've, got, don't, we've got so caught up in everything else. I know. Else. So much to talk about, but I have to, it's a great time to bring it up because this is exactly kind of what created that, that inspiration for me was, okay, <laughs> I was a suddenly single mom and I didn't know where to go in my own city to meet people. And ironically enough, social media has become more of a place to meet people but again it's do you take it offline if it's possible if you're in the same city do you make up make time to meet people do you go for coffees do you initiate the relationship online and then go to phone and then go you know carry on and I didn't know where to go in my own city to meet people and I felt this ridiculous sense of loneliness and I and I didn't feel it when I was online with people but you know they're all over the world it feels just strange I, it's backwards <laughs> I should be able to go outside and meet people and this movement was created basically around that idea of that small community in a big city. And again, this is where social media starts to bridge that gap. Um, I created the movement online. I created the idea, say hi to a stranger, really simple concept. It blew up online. A lot of people loved the concept, loved the idea. They had their own reason for feeling lonely. But then I remember that I had to take it offline. And so we created uh, events and things that could happen through the city. And we, we involved local businesses and had places for people to go and meet each other and and parties and things to do and that movement was to me the ultimate marriage uh, and where I want social media to go in my mind and my vision what it can do how it can connect people globally but then once you've created that community and that connection you move together to create something outside in the world that changes the world and hence the social media for social change or social movements. I mean, that's the power we have. It doesn't just have to happen online. The recent voting in Canada <laughs> is a prime example of that. Yes. Social media blew up over that. People just really got invested in it and it was shared online. I could see it, it was everywhere. And it made a change in the real world. It made a change because it was happening online to begin with. There was connections being made, communication was happening. Offline we go and then it creates that change. And I think that's where the marriage of the digital online world will ha happen with the real life world because we'll make those connections, we'll have broader reach and be able to make more of an impact on the world we live in. Absolutely. And it is actually on your link. It is on your page there. And, uh, you know, I invite people to, um, you know, to, to look at everything. So at this point, would you give everybody your, your social medias, how they can get a hold of you and, uh, you know, and, and the project and everything else? Yeah, um, I guess the best way to get a hold of me is my personal Facebook profile because I have everything on there. So it's Kari Long. Uh, you have it on your page, I believe, spelled yes. K-A-A-R-E, Long, L-O-N-G. And my business is aqconsulting.com and say hi to a stranger, say hi to a stranger.com. And both of those websites have access to all of my personal profiles and 
like I said, if you go on my personal profile, I kind of, that's the me behind all of the businesses and all the websites. And that's kind of the focal point, the fulcrum, the, the beginning spot. And I don't separate myself from my businesses. It's kind of, this is who I am and this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a great way to connect with me in all mediums, whatever the interest is, the passion is, you know, I have a personal blog too. So there may be different reasons we're connecting, whether it be business or over, say, how to a stranger and that movement or a particular, like the thing we started talking about today, the domestic abuse and surviving it and getting past the shame. That's more personal. So my personal Facebook page is a great place to start for all of that. Exactly. And, you know, we never know where a relationship is going to go. Um, you know, business, friendship, uh, collaboration, mm -hmm. advocacy. We don't know where it's going to go until you start up with a conversation. And so start the conversation with, you know, a mutual understanding, a mutual need or a mutual question. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, don't dictate where it's going to go. Travel. Right. Take the journey because you have no idea what it's going to mean to the both of you until you uh, go with an open heart and an open mind and just explore and see where it goes. So. Absolutely. Beautifully said. <laughs> Couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> So and I think that's what so, Facebook does. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to have you back again, uh, you know, actually on more uh, roundtable with the social media and, and what people need to do, because this is really, um, it's more than our business. It's, it's, our, mm -hmm. it's our representation of who we are. And again, with it forever changing every five minutes, you know, which yeah. ones are really apropos to what. Um, so I'd love to have you back again on a roundtable where we can discuss this more um, in detail. And, you know, again, folks, if, if social media isn't your thing you haven't got the time for it your day is too full but your business relies on it well this is where Kara's um, skills and expertise is so you know book an appointment with her have a co have a consultation and see whether she's a fit for you because you really can't run a business today without it and uh, and if you're doing it properly then your business can truly thrive so you've invested all this time for it let your business work for you and that is a lot by using the good and the right way of using social media so thank you so much for being with us today love thank you so much it was a wonderful conversation there's so much more we could cover but oh was, yes that well that's why you got to come you. back <laughs> that's right <laughs> for absolutely sure. i'm there i'm there <laughs> So, folks, it's up to you. Remember, social media is not your enemy. Um, it's not your selfie. It's not what you had for breakfast. It's an interaction and a celebration of each other. We make the world a smaller place. We make the world a better place. Use it wisely. Use it honestly. And explore it because truly and honestly, it is truly inspiration. Until next time, folks. Oh my goodness, my mouse has just died and my thing pad isn't working, so it's okay. <laughs> I'll just get him to cut that off at the end there. <laughs> I've always been sure. Stay quiet. I have this feeling he's trying to cut the thing off. No, the quiet. mouse has just died and this other pad thing oh, is, is just so uh, irritating. Sorry. And. Yes. <laughs>